Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. As that's going live there on Apple, Hard, iTunes, all your podcast stations, welcome, welcome, welcome. And it's now just popping on to your live feed of YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, welcome to Black Love. We're the Dyers, and these are the Smiths. Hi, hi, family. How you doing? Awesome. <laughs> I'm glad we had technical difficulties, but you know, every time we talk about relationships, and I gotta have, I gotta let you guys know, I just got this amazing comment on our show, and it was like it was from a couple, and she says she loves to get a husband in front of the show and they talk about the things we talk about oh, good. and i said oh thank you so much i said i'll share that with um with the smiths and i really appreciate you watching the show so i i think that's so helpful because and i also got some backlash about like only black people have love so but why don't we call it relationship love real talk I, I mean, it just happened to be the people on the show are black <laughs> a little bit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was that? It's he know it's an inside joke. <laughs> he know he know what he got. You know what I was talking about, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so now you gotta let us know. <laughs> it, now you gotta let everybody know because you tell if you say it, everybody's gonna know. I can't tell you. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Y'all I, just got to go do your research. How about that? Okay. Okay. Well, where do we start? I like how we're all matching, though. You guys in your orange and us in our pink. Wasn't planned. No, it wasn't. It was thought about. Yeah, it worked out. I, <laughs> see, the wind blowing y'all, blowing y'all way. The same wind that came from us went to y'all, so it's all good. It's like the red tones. How about that? It's about... Uh, in that love sphere, you know, we just got a little bit more orange over here, and y'all got a little bit. So it's that vibration that we yeah. got going on here. It's matching our language. It's matching our language. We're talking about it. Matching our language. So you know, here's it's the question. You know, I I hope you're okay because everyone. I was concerned. Family, everybody's good. We were praying for you. Everyone's good. Great. You know, because I was thinking about families. Sticking together when times are tumultuous, like it's challenging. challenging. Just certain things happen either with our with our kids. Oh man, that's just a whole other. That's a whole other show. Parents and children. Well, you know what? That's a good place to be right there. Right there. I like that because we are actually doing a presentation. I don't know if you saw it for the totally confident couple and it's called preventing the grief gap. Love it. 
I from love being it. the Greek, yeah. So that's the conversation we're having there. And when you're talking about like those tumultuous situations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, you know, just dealing with outside people, you know, and the dynamics of how grief and death just affects everybody in your family differently. Because um, I got another call today. Somebody else in my family has passed. So it's just like... um it's, it's one of those things, and I know people think, oh, well, you're a grief and loss coach. Yes, I am. But sometimes, you know, every once in a while, everybody needs somebody to pour back in, into them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say that um, it's this little saying that people post on um, Facebook how you check and see who really riding with you is when you run out of gas. How many people <laughs> willing to get out and push, push you to your the gas yeah, station? Yeah. You know. So that's the key. Sometimes all of us need to be pushed to the gas station. Some of us need, sometimes we even need somebody else to pay for the gas and drive us the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. So, and I say that because, not because I am immune to people passing away. I just have a strategy in my life not to get me caught and stuck in that place. I'm able to move forward probably quicker than other people because at this point of life, I've had so much traumatic. So the call doesn't stress me out as much. It just reveals really where other people are in their life, mm-hmm. you know. So it's a revelation, like when you said about your kids, the tumultuous situation and how they can bring their drama to your house and end up creating the vision <laughs> there. So that's why I said that's a good topic on how that tumultuous situations outside can really end up causing, you know, an earthquake or the thunderstorm that we both talk about just passing over. Yeah. You know, how did we react to that thunderstorm? You know, a lot of people, when they hear thunder and light, the first thing they do is say, well, I got to get off the phone with you. Let's turn off the TVs. Let's turn off the computers. You know, a lot of people run through the house because, you know, old school, you turn all that stuff off because, <laughs> you know, the electricity going to hit the house, everything going to get hit. You know, and that's why I say it's a mindset. It is a mindset. If you, if you run through your house in a panic of trying to turn <laughs> everything off, when something bad happens and unfortunately the life that we live even when somebody passes you can't turn your whole life off Mm -mm. so we we have to be hooked up to um what's those little chords called baby that you always make sure i got all my stuff hooked up to the surge protector Huh? The surge protectors? Surge protectors. Help us out. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. And so we were just talking about <laughs> in, in your relationship, you have to have surge protectors. And that, that's kind of where I was I was going. We gotta have those surge protectors in our relationship where we know we plugged into something no matter what goes on or what happens around us, or even if it comes to our house the things that are valuable to us will be protected. Are protected. Mm-hmm. So when you were saying that, that's what it kind of made me think about. So I know I just went on kind of a, a little rampage, but I do, I want th- couples that are watching this to think about, you know, what are their surge protectors yeah. in their relationships or do they, every time a thunderstorm come around, do you have to, you know, rebuy everything? Do you have to go to your electrical box and switch everything on and off? You know, or do you have to replace your computers, your phones? Or do you just go into panic mode and shut your whole life down while the storm is going on? Let me say one thing. We off, I'm off topic, but, but this, is, this is called freelancing. <laughs> um, and to add to my wife and what you, was, what you were saying about the family, 
I got two topics, but I'm not gonna say the main thing. I was, I was talking to a gentleman this morning. I mean, got a got a car ready for admission. You get the admission done, and he says uh, parents been been married for fifty six years. Wow. And his uh, wife died mm. after fifty six years, and that part didn't bother me. So I just kept talking to him and kept talking to him. And he kept talking to me. He said, "My father is miserable. I mean, he can't stand nobody. He he sees he rejects everybody. He just a mean old man. Don't want to be bothered with nobody." Then when he stopped talking like that, then my blood pressure stopped stopped boiling. I said, <laughs> "Okay, good. He got me talking now. He got my attention now." My point is, <coughs> man. You got to remember these couples been together for fifty six years. That's the only person, only people they know, yeah. and they and and their relationship was bonded. I mean, strong. One was good friend, good 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 understanding each other, love each other to the to the max, and 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 that's that's their livelihood. And one leave, then the other just 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 go in self struck mode. But I mean by self struck mode, that's the only thing they know. They they put all they they put everything. They put all their investment into that person. Mm-hmm. But point what got me kind of disturbing him and stopped me talking to him. And after I got through talking to him, he said, well, I see your point. He said, nobody wants to be around him. And I said, can I say something? He said, yes. I said, first of all, your father been married for 56 years to one woman. Mm-hmm. And second of all, you say he's in his panic mode, but don't want to be bothering nobody. You ain't never been in his shoes. And you don't know what he's going through. And he said, but that's my mom. I said, it's a different. Mm-hmm. You got a different relationship with your mom. He got with his wife. And I say, you don't know what what's 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 involved in the relationship, why he takes so and now you can tell if he was just married to her for material stuff and she was nice looking stuff, or she gone, I'm going to get somebody else. Nah, this your daddy is really heartbroken, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. Now, for you be able to understand what your daddy said, don't look at him because she all grouchy. Don't have that in your mind. Don't don't go be saying hateful stuff toward and say he don't want to be bothered about. What you need to do is 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 get, check on his emotions. Mm-hmm. Just just don't try to challenge him on nothing. Just you go home to him and just, you ain't must got to say nothing. Just sit there with him. Yep. Just sit there with him. Just just sit there and look at him. You ain't must got to say a word. You ain't must got to say a word. Just uh, excuse me. Somebody rang the stove there. I'm gonna go pull somebody's nose. <laughs> You know, I, we got we to gotta put a sign outside our door and say streaming time. It, it's it's a grieving issue. And I don't know why people have a hard time not allowing people or having the understanding, even if you don't understand me, but the space to grieve. Like everyone has, there's a, there's a space to it. I, I, I. It's these stirs me because Memorial Day just passed. Before most of you people don't know, there's a background. We had an issue with background, and it, anyway, I had a memorial of the, the of the stones and, and of Arlington. And and Monday, I was sad on Monday um, because the way people view Memorial Day, they look at it as a celebration, not as a memorial to remember those who have passed, who have died, who who have fallen. Whatever they're not alive, and we're not, and most people are looking at barbecues and celebration. I'm I'm saddened by that fact. I I think a lot of people get confused with Memorial Day and Veterans Day, and then as a world, we make all holidays 
are commercialized now that we really lose the point that's behind a lot of them. And that's why I see we've commercialized so much that we don't give people the space to understand what Memorial Day really means. Um, because it is, it's a place where we have a remembrance of the people who have passed mm -hmm. that served, not just everybody that served. That's what Veterans Day that's is about, right. mm -hmm. the, all the people that have served. Memorial Day is about the people who gave their life in service. Mm -hmm. So it is a group of people who are really mourning. Mm -hmm. They aren't barbecuing. They aren't celebrating. They are actually like the picture you see is you had the Arlington Cemetery, but even on that note, I like to um, make people understand when we make days like that, we have to remember we cannot isolate people's grief to that one day. Right. And then even saying that, like my husband's saying, and the biggest thing that you, and the best thing you can do for, with people is just sit with them, mm. sit with them so that you can understand what's going on with them. And so a lot of times on Memorial Day, none of those conversations have had, even in media, you still saw everybody posting right. the same. And that's why I don't really post um, holiday stuff on my social media, because first of all, it's not a holiday. Right. Why are we celebrating death? Mm -hmm. Um, why are we getting people trapped at a headstone at a memorial to begin with? And why are we symbolizing that when we're supposed to be teaching people how to heal right. and move forward? Right. So I think any of these days, like the 911, because I know that's coming up and yeah. people are going to be doing the same concept again as Memorial Day. And the thing is, it's supposed to be some place where we're trying to help heal. people heal and not help people get caught at a place, at a day, but understand how we can really grieve and process. So we aren't getting people saying, woe is me, you know, I lost my husband right, to right. the military, or I lost my spouse to this particular situation, or I lost my son to this situation. What have we built beyond that as each individual? So it'd be great if that, that day was spent having interviews and conversations had lost somebody because mm -hmm. of this and actually talked about the life after the loss, mm -hmm. not talk about the pain of it, but actually talked about how they stepped beyond that and how it benefited them. Because a lot of people always are in that woe is me place. And, what you Scott? And that's, and, and that's a touch of subject and I frown on this because I get saddened every time, a, especially especially Federal Day of Memorial Day comes up because to me, when I think of a Veteran Day of Memorial Day, to me, this is me. They're all one. When I mean to say they're all one, we need to, as my wife was saying, we need to have a consolation. I'm not saying the word right, consolation with the one that's living, that's that 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 done, done been in the service or been through World War One or whatever, whatever, whatever war right. they was in. We need to concentrate on them because they are living mm -hmm. and, and they're dying each and every day. I get so sad when I go out downtown or I'm going, oh, to I'm going down in the service car and I see a whole bunch of about 80 or 90 tents sitting inside the cotton picking road and, <laughs> and doggone about 85 percent of them folks sitting in the tent is, is veterans. Yeah. And and we we yeah, we go out there into the motor surgery and worship that. But that's to me, that's 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 not the focus point where you need to be at. Yeah, they serve this country, but you still got folks alive today still serving this country. You don't want them and did what you had to do. You don't come back to America and they, and they got you sleeping outside. To me, a veteran never should be without a home. A veteran should never be without a job. 
So or meal. A meal. A meal. That's that's a poor excuse for being a uh, uh, call us American citizen that we got these folks sitting outside the road. So that's where we need to be uh, focused on. Go to them, talk to them, help them out, and, and, and that's that's my feeling about. It. I feel sorry about that. So uh, focusing on the living, yeah, and living, yeah. And that, that's why, I, why our our ministry really is about keeping things alive. Right. I mean, we right. we got so many. I mean. I know I said I'm a grief and loss coach, but it's about the living, the living person. Right, right. You know, even, um, you know, we even have it kind of twisted when we're talking about memorials and funerals. We always talk about paying our respects to the dead. <laughs> well, what are we paying to the dead? I mean, they don't know that you showed up. So it should be really support to the living. living. You know, or are you just showing up because you is it become a fashion show or is it fashionable or trendy for you to be somewhere? And I mean I'm I'm just, you know, let's 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 have these conversations yeah. because people are putting a whole lot of time and effort and to a lot of functions mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they don't bless the people that they're showing up for. So, I mean, like we started this conversation and talking about the things of the trauma that our kids or our family members are going through. Okay. What are we doing besides putting on our talk? How do we actually show up for these people? You know, what are we doing different? You know, like, like I say, why are we paying respects to the dead? You know, what What does that mean? What does that even, I mean, when we look at it, because if we talk about scriptures, it's like the dead bury the dead. Mm -hmm. So what are we paying our respects to? Yes, we're having a celebration to respect the life that they had. But are you spending all the money that you got to pay respects to the dead and the living can't continue to live? live. So we, we need to prioritize and shift some of how we're thinking about funerals, how we're thinking about grief. And I know funerals are a big money making business. You know, I do know that. So I'm not, you know, talking against anybody who's in yeah. that business, but we need to shift it so that we're making sure that the people are still that are still living, we're actually providing something as some support for them so they can actually progress forward, you know, some some balance in this thing. Every week we had um when the, the a church that we were going to, you know, I ran a grief group with at the church and it was about having those conversations just uh, to the living like you said. And I always say I teach the living science. I don't teach the dead science. I teach the living science, learning how to live because there's still nuances that we have to learn how to do so we're better at doing it. Not bettering at just being better, but better at living better. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and it seems redundant, but it's not. Because for me to be better at living, I have to be better. Yes. And my grandma always is the same. And my grandma used to say it all the time. She said, bring me flowers while I'm living. Don't bring me no flowers while I'm dead. Because I can't see them. Bring them while I'm living. My point is, you know, show love to the people that is living now. Right, you know, you get people get. Yeah, I mean, it, I can go long, long on them, but you know, everybody. I got another word to say, but I can't say it on this. But you see, you see all the folks that come out of the closet. Everybody comes out of the closet, and uh, about ninety-five of them just knows the people. And that's why I say it just becomes a show and a performance. Um, and we've gotten so used to that show and performance. And if people don't show up for the show and the performance, we actually think they're dysfunctional. So is it something to do with the movies? 
Like, we've... With entertainment, it seems like, to me, entertainment has hurt culture and communication. To, like, there's... I watch some things on... I don't watch really much TV. I'm a sports fan, and, and I, we watch um, crime shows. But regular TV, I just don't get, because some of the conversations don't make any sense to me. But when we watch, when it goes back to, like, movies, they kind of make fun of death and, 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 and these shows. And, and I don't find... I know there's comical things that can happen, but that has a lot to do with grief and the process of your sorrow. Why things get miscooked or undercooked or overcooked and and there's there's these complaint I it just it bothers me to watch some of these shows when they have a c- comedic view at it. Well, I think as a culture we have taught people to suppress so right. many things. And I when I say a culture, I mean the United States. Right. I don't mean us as you know, we said this was black love, but I mean, as the United States, when we talk about, you know, loving somebody, we go to deep love. But then when they pass away, we don't know how to still have love no. for that person right. and still have love for other people because we have not been taught that, OK, you can love the dead, but you have to also love the living. It's almost like we feel like in homage to them, we need to pack away our lives so that they believe we really love them. We gotta suppress a part of ourselves. So it is, you know, this movement where, and I think COVID really brought it about, where we need to normalize grief, you know, because a lot of people did not get to grieve Mm -hmm. the normal big funerals or the see everybody. Mm -hmm. So it is something that a discussion has to be had. How are you inwardly dealing with this when you cannot have the actual show how do you have closure without the show how do you you know so when you don't get the tombstone when you don't get to stand out when you don't have the church ceremony when the whole package is not provided how do you deal with self and the thing is nobody ever dealt with that basically everybody says once the casket is closed the person is put in the ground this is where you're supposed to cut it off and that is the end of it Mm -hmm. but that it has absolutely nothing to do with grief no And so those are components that we really need to speak about. And I mean, I have a whole workshop that I go through, um, workbook that I developed for that. So, I mean, I take people through some deep stuff they probably don't even want to talk about. But I mean, because most of the people don't realize grief actually reveals stuff in you that you didn't even know was deep. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times the person who was alive was allowing you and babysitting some of those things. And when they passed away, now you have to really deal with some of your own issues upon that. And that's what I've realized, you know, as I, you know, go to different funerals, show up at hospice for people, it is really themselves they have to deal with not the passing of a loved one. A lot of times people have made peace with the passing. They just have not made peace with what, who are they going to become now without that person. I want to say one thing, yeah, and grief wouldn't be so hard. You you have to understand this in in real life living now. (laughs) Uh, It's called life rules. Our wife or husband, uh, mom or dad or sister brother prepares for for the ongoing, we getting prepared for it. We already, but the, what, 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 what holds us back? We don't want to talk about it. Mm. No, you're not going away. 
no, nah, ain't nothing gonna happen to you. But in sense that you they preparing for their passing. This is what you need to do how to do. This is what you gotta do it this way, you gotta do it this way, you gotta do it this way. Because I'm not gonna be because I'm a living example. Because after 32 years I was married, my wife knows she was leaving, but she was teaching me, but I didn't want to hear that. Mm. And then when she left, I I freaked out because everything she said came true. I was lost. I I, I didn't know nothing. I had no which way to go. And that made life miserable for me because I didn't open my mind, didn't open my ears. I didn't uh, I didn't sit down and listen to what she was talking about because it's a tough subject. So this is this is what we need to do. When your loved one sitting down talking to you, we have to we have to really observe. We have to really get a legal pad and sit and write stuff down. And because I didn't know how to pay bills, I didn't know. Who she was paying bills? I didn't know what checking account to use. I didn't know what credit card to use for a certain bill. I just was. Mm. But now, ask the question: Do you know how to do it now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's better at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm working. It's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. <laughs> but my point is, you got you got to be prepared for this. Work in progress, you know. Work in progress. That's right, y'all. <laughs> Well, because I know exactly how he feels because my first wife passed away. And there was a well, lot I mean, of... I'm talking about he took y'all through that like he had learned. I'm sorry. That just tickled me. That's that I just thought you would get ready to reveal that you had learned how to do it. I, I was going to be amazed and shocked on air with everybody else. <laughs> I I think still that's something that people that don't talk about also. That's a conversation you when we Fulton said one thing, just be there, right? But then when you're there, you that conversation opens up and says, like especially with couples, like when you pass or if I pass. What's what? What what do we do? What what where? Like what's where's the papers? What's next? What how? Who gets what? Who's burying what? Whatever those conversations, if we don't have them beforehand, having them afterwards, it's debilitating. It's debilitating yeah. because everyone you're getting phone calls about. You know, there's a thing, and you're supposed to be, and you're like. I don't know what you're talking about. I have like no idea what you're talking about. And you're like, well, my wife passed. Can I have the death certificate? Can you send it to me? When did, when did she die? And you're like, you know what? I haven't even dealt with this. You know, I, but they're calling because they're creditors or whatever the situation is. And it's in your name. And, and what about this? And you're like, I don't have all these answers because I'm feeling very heightened and very emotional. And I, and then you, yeah, it's tough. It's done. Yeah, because like my brother-in-law, he's going to do a heart surgery uh, next week. Oh, okay. And, and his wife, she said, you need to put everything down on paper. She yeah. tell me where every yeah. piece of car, every, every house you got, every, where all that, what, what all, I mean, I need everything down on a piece of paper or either in the computer. I need to know everything because you don't know what happened for you. When you come out of the hospital, I wanted to die. But she was saying it as a joking matter, but it was it's real, real life. Mm-hmm. I need to, you need to put everything down while I know where stuff at because I don't know nothing what you're doing. And and, and he said it was a joking matter, but you know, that's like, it that's opens up it. your eyes. Yeah, yeah. it opens up your eyes. So you have to face that. And you don't, you don't want to face it, but that's something you must do. 
And, and I'm going to say this, not just as couples, we need to prepare our kids, mm-hmm. we need to prepare our other family. Um, I've been having this kid with this conversation with my kids since they were 13 years old. And I know y'all said that's morbid. No. But, no. but no. the actuality, a lot of times we don't sit and have this conversation. And when it happens, they have no preparation, not just in their minds. They have no idea what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. So what is it that you prepared? And I mean, I've told them already, I see it. Don't rush home. I see it because I'm going to be in the same place when you get there. <laughs> I see it. So just realize wherever you at, don't drop your life to get back. Because, I mean, I'm already going to be cremated, so ain't nothing going to change that. I mean, the ashes will be wherever they are when you get home. That's the only thing you're going to have at that point. So all you got to do is follow the rest of the plans, you know. So show up for the party that I got planned, and that's all we got to do. And so that's why I say it's very simple, but we have to have a discussion with people about the plans. And sometimes you leave that person with no direction, mm. but you leave them with money. Now, I'm not talking about people always don't leave money. Now, right. some people right. actually leave the person with some money, but they spend all the money in regret. Yep. And they end up spending it every last dime on the funeral because you gave them no direction. And the money was supposed to help the living, not supposed to Feed spend it all on burying that person. And I mean, we've all seen lavish funerals. Don't get me wrong. If that's what they asked for, and you know, that was their final wishes, great and wonderful. But make sure you left the finances to take care of that. But if people are going through the trouble of getting insurance to leave you money so your life can be a little bit easier, don't put it all in the ground. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Make sure there is a plan and the discussion so that your kids don't it's like, oh, mama left us all this money. She wants us to spend it on, you know, making sure she has a great burial or, you know, no, no. I had a great life. That's why I left it for you. So you could have a great life, too. You know, so un- understanding those dynamics, we should have a discussion. You know, and my husband hates it when I talk about, you know, if I don't wake up tomorrow morning, what are you going to do? He, he, I mean, he cringes every time I say that. But he know I say it out of, you know, a real, real place because I say, OK, if I wake, don't wake up in the morning, what you going to eat? He be like, I, I don't know. I haven't figured that out. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, OK, if I, if I don't wake up in the morning, how are you going to pay the bills? Because you don't, you know, it's like, you know, just the simple thing. And I always tell them, well, I got them written down in this place and they're in this place. All you got to do is pick up the phone and there's an app for this and an app for that, you know. So it's just the thing. And you do have to have those conversations over and over again. It's, you have to make sometimes in your relationship somebody uncomfortable to be comfortable so you can get to the things that really need to be discussed and we talked yeah, about that we're, before we're closer to the end than we're closer to the beginning and the reality of our age and we all need to embrace that you know we we, we don't talk about it because we feel like we're gonna live whatever forever is <laughs> but forever is in our spiritual place so and and that and that's the key really in our relationships is to kind of really build that spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm gonna tell you, an ongoing joke is, you know, I know y'all know my husband posts real talk every day on his um, Facebook page. In his phone, I know he has probably two years worth of research in there. I could pretend to be him for the next two years. If I had to be. Uh, and that's the thing. I, he said, well, if I stop posting on Facebook and I stop sending out text messages, people would know I wouldn't. I said, well, I can post them. Yeah, you can post them. <laughs> <laughs> if you just want to stay alive on social media, I can post them. Like, do years, 
So, and, and, and I mean, I'm saying that because, you know, who is it that we, you know, who, who are we really doing this life for? You know, right. who are we out here encouraging? Who are we uplift? And, and I probably would keep his page up until I bring it out of everything that he has written, because at some point he looked it up, he categorized it, he put it in his phone. So I would make sure that everybody was, you know, blessed with whatever he took the op time to write. But at that same time, you know, people need to understand when somebody takes a break or take a pause, understand that they still love them that mm -hmm. everybody needs the space even in our relationships you know i mean we don't get to this whole i know a lot of people believe you need a whole vacation from your husband whole, you know each his own we don't do all of that because we just too old for that um we just done got so past that because <laughs> first of all we realize life is too short yeah if, if i'm gonna die i'm gonna die with you i'm not gonna die off with no strangers that's just just where life is just too short, anything can happen. So that that that's my rule of life. I'm, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die with you. That's just 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 simple as it can be. But at, at the same time, everybody takes that breaks for different reasons because where they are, they have different circles in their lives, you know, different important because you know, I know a lot of people do girlfriend trips, they do friends trips, but you know, that that's each his own, but you just make sure those trips do not take away from the from time that you need from in your own relationship. So if you're spending more time, you know, nurturing those relationships than the real relationship that you're supposed to be one with, you know, just making sure everybody's balancing that out. You know, I, I, I surely believe in prioritizing. I really don't like the word balance, prioritizing those things. I like balance over prioritizing because I'm not an, I don't like the number thing. Well, and the only reason I say not balance because there was really no such thing as balance because ultimately some things do weigh more than other things you know and something carries more weight than something else so that's why i say prioritize and when you prioritize we think about the basic three priorities in scripture and it is God is the heaviest thing in our lives is supposed to be the biggest thing. Then ourselves are supposed to be secondary. And then when we think about that next is our marriage is supposed to be on that level. When we talk about others first, our marriage ministry. And so that's what I mean. Prioritize, gotcha. prioritize okay. according to the hierarchy of the biblical scripture that God has given us. And if we put everything in there. So if we before we get ready to do something, will God be pleased with this? Is this something that I will be pleased with in the end? Is this something that will please my spouse? So if we can go through those three priority checks and say yes, yes, and yes, that means let's run with it. What if it's yes, yes, and no? Well, if it's yes, yes, and no, you need to find out and get in alignment with your marriage. Because if it's a no in your marriage... That's a negative in your marriage. That means somewhere your marriage is not aligned with God. Because if God gave you a yes on it. Right. God gave you a yes on it. That means, and you gave a yes that is good. Somewhere you got to sit down and have a marriage assessment and say, okay, you know, are we going in the same direction? You know, because I always, you know, like if I ask my, my husband comes to me with something, the first thing I say, did God tell you that? <laughs> and then he'll say, I ain't gonna lie on God. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie on God. And I'll be like, okay, now let me let me tell you, because you know, I'm I'm a, I'm analytical. So I'm like, okay, if this is for you, 
You better provide me all the fact of the rules because I'm going to have to take this back to God and we're going to have to do some shaking in the numbers here. But, you know, if he if he tells me God has already said yes and signed off on it, it's an automatic yes on the third level because that means for him to have a conversation with me about it, that means he's already Check put a up. yes on it. Right. And for he knows that the same thing if I'm bringing it to him. God has already told me yes. I've already matriculated and said yes is good to me. So now I need his confirmation of a yes. But 99.9% of the time, if he does not give me a yes, I do not move on it. Hmm. I do not move on it. Because somewhere he's saying, I have some reservation about this. Mm-hmm. And, and, but what he'll come back and say, what is your heart's desire? Like, what and do you I, really I, want to do? I want us to be in agreement on it. That's what's my heart's desire. <laughs> and then uh, I want to add to it. And for all this to work, because Almighty Father already put the blessing on the table for us. But we have to go and, we have to go and put it to work. We have to go and put it to work and we have to digest it. Both of us have to go digest it. So how this works, we have to don't let society, this rules of life, runs us ragged. What I mean by that, your wife going 100 miles an hour and you going 100 miles an hour and you don't have time to give her a hug in the morning time or a kiss or nothing like this, uh, a cup of coffee, nothing like this. And then that, them little precious suckers that y'all don't have time for each other, Done got going, and then you and then y'all didn't have time to sit down and plan not not dialogue and figure out where her thinking cap at and figure out where your thinking cap at until y'all one of the decisions. You know, right. Then 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 and all when the, the pilot light is flowing through and then some kind of where well, some gas got pulled in the pilot and then now now y'all done stop y'all at each other throat now now the damage already been did so we need to yeah uh, this 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 as the young folks say pump the brakes <laughs> and. Um, um, pick out a night for you and your wife and slow it down and, and, and just you and her just one-on-one baby you need to talk what's going on uh why are you giving yeah, me a no on yeah, this you yes. know you but my time. thing is do not move forward yes if you've received a no from your spouse and let me tell you when you get a yes and you get a yes and you get to that third conversation uh, and let me put some preface around that god's yes is the most powerful yes but I'm going to put a butt behind it because God never gives you something to do that's going to create the vision in, right. in your marriage. He never gives you something that's going to create the vision. So that means he is going to give you another way or another situation to bring this to your spouse where they can understand it. Because I can talk about some things that we have went through and I know I brought them to my husband six, seven years ago and they are probably just getting yeses from him now. <laughs> and he know, he know exactly what I'm talking about. Too. But the thing is, I could have moved forward with, with them, but the thing is, it is just like, okay, so for instance, I'm, I'm going to use my two-year-old granddaughter as the example. You know, that's like potty training a, a child. Your timing for it it's is different. right now. You saying yes. Okay. So you go put them on real live underwear. But what you end up with is a car full of poop. 
So that's in your relationship. If you decide that you want to move past the, the diapers and the pull-ups and now you want um, big girl drawers on. Then be okay with the poop. for the big girls, you're going to end up with a car full of poop. And, <laughs> so, and, and, then, and then you have to be okay with it. Yeah, and that's why I say it. But then don't be mad. Right. Right. Don't be mad. Right. right. Because you forced an issue that the person had to mature and grow to. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we confuse God, yes, with do it right now. Mm -hmm. Yes might mean hold on and wait till I provide all the provision or till I work on your mate. Yes, it's a great idea. Yes, it's something great to do. Yes, I'm going to give it to you. You know, but not right now. Remember now. (laughs) And 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 that's the whole thing. We have to make sure that we're moving according to God's time. So I don't want to confuse nobody in saying God is not the ultimate yes. God is the ultimate yes, but it has to be through his order and his timing. And God never gets you to do something that is going to create division in your marriage. Now, he might make y'all feel uncomfortable because that uncomfortable is for growth. Mm -hmm. For both of you all. And I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell y'all we we have been through a whole bunch of uncomfortable (laughs) stuff. But at the same time, and it is funny, we were just having this conversation yesterday. If we had not went through that uncomfortable stuff, we would not be able to do the things that we do now together. We have a whole different level of respect and understanding for each other because of those things. Now, it's got to be tough for a person or spouse to know that you've talked with God. This is something that you've cleared with God. And then for you to go against the two, it's it's got to be almost like it's not you don't have to be passive aggressive in it or anything like that. But like, well, I know God said yes. I know you want it, and I'm and I'm not feeling it. But that's what you go. We talked about before. It's your relationship with God because you have to take it with God, and and God has to give you your answer for yourself, right? God gives you an answer for yourself. But the thing is, do you spend the time with your mate of discussing it Mm. so that God can work it through them? I'm telling you, I made charts. I made, I mean, I might as well have a rope thesis about (laughs) what I wanted to happen. He, He know. (laughs) <laughs> I had plans out the galore of how I knew it was going to work, how it absolutely was never going to fail, how this was the blessed plan since sliced bread. And he just said, mm-hmm. So basically, I don't want to slice bread right now. And you can bake it. You can prove to me that this is a million dollars, but I don't want no bread. I just won't be. And so that, think about it. We have 40, 40 years in the wilderness for a trip that could have been 40 days. That's that's biblical. Yeah. So sometimes when God tells us something, it may take longer than the 40 days. Mm. It may take longer than the 40 hours. It may take longer than the 40 nights that we wanted to take. Because we both got to get in alignment to move in this same direction. He worried. Both. That's what I'm saying. We both. Because he the thing is, both. I could have put all of this in motion. But the thing is, we both had to get on board to make it happen. So if it is something that is requiring a get on board with a buy-in, a movement that will cause you all to go together, you got to wait. And that's where God tells you to wait. He's basically telling you to wait on your mate for me to help them 
understand what is going on. And I can tell you now he comes back and he tells me, man, I wish I had done this when you first told me. <laughs> and it, it's not even about but, me being right. right. right it's right. just about, okay, I knew this was from God. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew it was from God, but I can also say, if I look back and say, maybe it wasn't the right timing either, because if it had to happen, how would we have put the, all these things in place? You know, so a lot of things had to be put in place. So it was about God's time. And God's time is very important. And just add a little, little, little what she was saying. Because even though your plan is awesome, your plan is right on time. You already talked to Almighty Father. Your plan is right on you. And, and you're going to talk to your wife. All right. But the, here's, the, here's the catch up. Your wife may not be ready for your conversation with her at the time, right? At that time. Yeah, at that time. So, so that's really she don't understand it right now because she gonna have to grow into it. You, she can't. She she ain't gonna be able to accept this what you're telling her because she don't have the slightest clue what's going on. But she got to go work her way into it. Mm. And once she get up emotional, uh, mentally and physical, then she all right. Then it start working. Then she really because right now you really talking Russian to her. Mm-hmm. She don't understand nothing you're saying because she she haven't picked up a book a Russian book to understand what you're saying. So that it that is is patient on your part, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, the key thing not to be aggressive. So you got to be patient and obedient to Almighty because Almighty Father already talked to you. He already put His arms around you. Now you have to go and do. The same thing for your wife, keep her that same patience. That's right, that same patience. So that's how that works. And that's why because and that's the why Russian that I was speaking to him. The Holy Spirit came in as the translator and made him realize it was English the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but, so that's what I'm saying. It, it took the Holy Spirit to say, oh, she was talking English. That sounded like a foreign language. And that's why when we circle back around, we talk about the living. This takes work. The dead is dead. The yeah. living takes yep. a practice. It takes work. So if, you, if you're so concentrated on the dead, you'll never live. Well, the thing is, it's so much easier to focus on the dead. This ain't going nowhere. Because they don't have no feedback. They don't have no complaints. They don't have no expectations. You know, you can all day say, oh, they wanted me to do this for Mm. them. This is what they would have wanted me to do. But of course, you have no feedback, no pushback. But the thing is, you go to a living person and you're going to have some feedback, some pushback. And that means feedback and pushback means that you have to do something for yourself. You have to control what I say, that response and reaction with the dead. We can go off on them all the time. (laughs) We, We show out, even though we talk about, you know, Respecting the dead. I want us to learn how to respect the living. living. I just want us to learn how to respect the living. Let the living live the way they need to live. Let the living mourn the way they need to mourn. Let's give them the... And I'm not talking about going out and killing and revenge right, right. and all of that. But I'm talking about from, from a healthy perspective, we put so many boundaries on what people need to do, how fast they need to do it. You know, if you don't mourn this long, I better not see you out dating or talking or looking at nobody because that means you didn't love the person that you were with. You don't know when that person's mourning began. Right, right. <laughs> you don't know when that started for them. So that is very key. Because mourning for a lot of people started way before the day that person passed away. Mm-hmm. When a person was sick, they were prepared for it. If somebody was on drugs or whatever it was, they were, had already mentally 
prepared yeah. themselves mm -hmm. and have already went through the grief process. So when the actual act happened, it was, it was not as traumatic it was for everybody else who act like they were in denial and were not preparing themselves for it. So that is key. We have so much denial and blindness in the world that we are not strategically putting grief tools in place from day one where we don't fall into these traps of being broken down on the side of the road when a whole lot more work has, has to be done, you know? So that that's just like, you know, as a vehicle, if we do the daily maintenance, it's so much easier on a vehicle than when you say, well, man, I hadn't changed the oil in this car in the last five years. You want to know what's going to happen? Your engine going to blow up. And that means it's going to be way more expensive. And that's what we do to grief. We say we're going to let all these things build up and we're not going to deal with them right now because I'm too busy doing this and I'm too busy doing that. And I don't have time to deal with this person. I don't have time to have that conversation. I don't have time to cry. I don't have time to be still. I don't have time to discuss my emotions with other people. You know, all of these long lists of things that we don't have time for or we just don't want to deal with it ourselves so we pack them up we pack them up and we pack them up till we on overload and then we bust a gasket we blow an engine and then we wonder what happened to that person when they start acting crazy and then they wonder why they don't they're, they're acting like that person they ain't never been married to that person the person died and they're acting different and why they, they really didn't love that person. See, that's our opinion. And, uh, and, and and what my wife says was key because they were prepared for this day to come. They were they done had dialogue about this and got that map on and what to do. So this is expected what happened. And so when, uh, when the Almighty Father come and snatch one and take them to heaven, they're not shocked. Everything is still flowing the same way. So you can't tell anybody, well, you didn't love her. You didn't love he him look how you look how you acting no they prepare and i mean everybody has a different journey everybody don't get the yep. caregiver opportunity mm -hmm. to grieve early some people you know it's death happens because we got evil people in the world who, who kill people we got people in the world who die because you know they could not deal with the circumstances of the world so i mean we got homicide we got murder we got suicide we of course we have disease you know it's various ways that people live but the biggest thing is no one way is more important than the other Another we way. need to quit you know putting weight on that everybody don't need to compare nobody needs to bring out little tickets to figure out who is grieving <laughs> more than the other person and i'm telling you i go through all of that through my sessions you know mine was more important because they were my mama because they were my wife they were my mm -hmm. sister they were my brother you know blah 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 you know in these sessions no everybody is important to everybody and everybody needs to do it in their way right. and so that is important you know like you say if we cycle back to how we begin this conversation about the trauma of you know our kids or family just bringing those components into our lives I you know I always like to circle back to the beginning of the conversation just in case people just jumped in and like, what does this have to do with relationships? It's all about the preventing the grief gap. You know, a grief of, you know, relationships that need to end. You know, some living people relationships we need to cut off because they need to be dead in our lives. You know, some, there's some people who cause drama. We need to kill the weeds and, let, you know, get up some of those. And then we need to just mourn them. 
and you know because we've had them you know mourn some family members or some relatives that we just had to kill some weeds that were choking us out not that they're bad people they're just bad for our relationship mm -hmm. and i'm gonna say that not that they're bad people they're just bad for our relationship so just in case some lovely people are watching that y'all feel like y'all were weeds don't take it personally you know and the, and the other thing they could be just bad people for you even for that's the what relationship. I mean. That's what I'm saying. For our relationship. Yeah. Because you couldn't could not support what we were doing or going through. And that's the thing. You have to have people around. And when I say that support, I don't mean bakery support. I mean tell the truth about what's going on, but also do it in a way of love. And that is what we sometimes we always like to speak the truth, but we get confused about how we speak the truth. And I'm gonna tell you something my grandmother um blessed us with when we got married. First thing she said, don't all truth don't need to be told. I never forget that. It's all truth don't need to be told. Just because I know that about you. That might not be something that's relevant to building your relationship. So when you think about truth, and I, I, I do, I want to bless every relationship, don't Because we like to tell people the truth about themselves. We like to give everybody a piece of our mind. <laughs> if the truth, don't give away so much of your mind that you go crazy now. Because a lot of us have gave away too much of our mind. That's that, that's number one tidbit for you. Uh, I'm gonna say that as women, we got to, we like to give away some of our mind. We like to tell you the truth and give you all the business, <laughs> and then we run ourselves crazy giving the mind. He, he don't know nothing about that because he met a whole different woman when we got married. A piece of mind that he got, he he didn't heard the stories about the mind I used to be. But um, that's why we still together now. Yeah. That's why I stopped giving people a piece of my, my mind. mind. I need to keep it all I need to keep it all. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna save some women in that place. Stop giving away a piece of your mind because they because men will try to run you crazy. Okay, but hold on, let me finish this and then I'm going to let you have this, baby. I know, pop my head. But I, I want to let you understand when I talk about truth, 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 because we all like to say, I'm, I always give you the truth. Okay, truth is meant to, if it does not empower or it does not edify, that is not a truth that you need to provide. That means you're not giving it in love. You're giving it to crush, divide, or subtract. That is not a truth of God. That is something that you've held on to just so you could deliver a blow to somebody and be messy. So let me let me help you there. Mm -hmm. All truth has a little perception in it. So make sure your truth is about empowerment and edification. Mm -hmm. If it is not empowering or edifying your relationship, yeah. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> So that's what man and woman, because we like to say, I'm telling the truth. Okay. The truth according to who? Is it a truth according to the gospel of God? Is it a truth to a lot of bit of little nitty and petty things that we've gathered up through our life that we like to throw at people, you know, to make ourselves feel better? But okay, baby, no, since I, I got my hand slapped, let me tell you what you're going to say. <laughs> that, 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 the first mark came out of here talking about um, feminine, feminine. Oh, okay. We need to. Uh, Get a uh, show on this. But me and my wife were talking about this. We were throwing some stuff around. It's it's uh, in relation with family members. We need to discuss. It's a difference between a big difference between family being a family member and having a, a, a relationship. relationship. So we needed we needed some kind of way to put that in there in the future. We need to we need to talk about that. We need to if left me, we talk about a couple hours. I know we ain't got that long. But we need to get that sugar. That's very important because 
it, it, it got so much, so many families. So much family without relationships. Like that's that. right. And that's just that's like part. relationship with God. You know, people say, oh, I got a relationship because I know your name or I know your phone yeah, number. Yeah, that's that's not a relationship. Live, or I was there when you were born. Okay. So we need to work. We need to work. But what on you that. know about me now? We need to, we need to work on that because that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's an awesome topic. We need to work on that because we had a lot of misunderstanding folks, uh, family members running around this world and think they have a relationship you don't. I agree with that. I agree that they like again, but then we we have to also have a, a very strong premise or disclaimer. Your perception isn't the answer or the truth. Just because you have a perception that you, I'm family to you, but you may not be family to me. And that's because of what I feel our relationship is. Right, it's not so much what you say the relationship is; it's what I. And then, like when we talk about relationship, it is what weird our relationship is what we have together, not what we have individually. Because yeah. you may think you have a good relationship, and I think I have a different relationship, but they're not the same relationship. And, and that means that was that was not one that exists because right. if they don't meet on the same page, right. we're not going in the same direction. Right. That means we not on a ship. Right. <laughs> right. We own different ships, not the relationship. Right. <laughs> so that's what we need to really get serious on that because that's a, that's that's a so. Really if you got some people who watch this in the live and the replay, I would really love to hear their feedback on family and relationships, and definitely how they let those relationships, you know, create. Like we talked about the th the thunderstorm mm -hmm. and the um, lightning that we talked about when we first began. Yeah. You know, what are your surge protectors to prevent those things from coming in and shutting your life down? You know, a lot of times, you know, like you brought up kids, we allow uh, allow our kids emergencies to shut our whole life down, and they drama to shut our whole life down. You know, my husband, no, hey, nothing <laughs> still in my. Feet. You better be. <laughs> I catch you there. <laughs> it, it, no, mm -mm, uh, it, it don't happen. I'll be like, what? Let me see if that fits in the piece. <laughs> if it don't fit in the piece, we can't have none of that. So, uh, it, 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 it's very simple. Yeah, if, if you get here and you start disturbing the piece, I'll be like, whoop, it's over for you. <laughs> so it is real, very, I, I mean, very, very, very simple. Mm. And I mean, I know people listening and be like, "Oh, she is so difficult." I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I am. I will allow you to run the gamut before my piece runs out. I have a long stretch of piece, but mm -hmm. my thing is, please just don't run it to the end. Mm, the last just don't month. run it to the end. And I got a long subject about that, but that's because <laughs> <laughs> he always tell me I got too much piece. I got too much. He'd be like, "Whoa, did you get him a lot of rope?" Yeah, but I give you a lot of rope. Make sure you can hang yourself good. Mm. <laughs> Every Thursday, 7.30, Black Love, conversation with the Dyers and the Smiths. We'll see everyone. Again, um, if you go to iHeartRadio, you go to Bridges Live, and it's show number 88. I want to mention that when you go on to iHeartRadio. Um, this is what's funny about podcasts is that I've done about over 400 shows with iHeartRadio, and so it's on its third 88. <laughs> so um, so this show, Bridges Live, um, show 88 is Black Love Conversation. Of course, you can get it on the YouTube channel and, and, and replay. Man, thank you. God bless. And you guys have a great night. We'll see you next week. Yes. Love you guys. Be Love safe. you. Be Love safe. You.
Hit that here. And there. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.